I don't know about you, but I work from home, and consequently, I eat a lot of the same food, watch a lot of the same shows, and so consequently, I'm constantly asking the woman in the tube from Amazon, hey, what day is it? And then I go, seriously, it's Thursday? Wow. Because we're doing the same thing the same day all the time, and it can get kind of boring, right? Well, today, I've got David Hooper author of the book, 101 Podcast Episode Templates. And when you change things up, well, then you're not bored with your podcast anymore. And when you're not bored, there's a really good chance your listeners are not bored, and there's a better chance that they're going to go tell a friend. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for taking the time to tune in. If you're new to the show, I help podcasters. It's what I do at the School of Podcasting, where we help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. You can join worry-free using the coupon code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And why is it worry-free? Because you got 30 days to check it out. And if you don't like it, I will give you your money back. And I always like to start off the show with a little tip. By the way, if you can answer the question because of my podcast, feel free to go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. I'm running a little low on those. And uh, I've got one from Holistic Hilda that will be it's an entire episode uh, later. I'm stocking up on episodes getting ready for podcast movement next month, but I would like to share either because of my podcast story or some sort of quick tip. So here's my quick tip. I live in Akron, Ohio. I talked about this in the last week. And to make a long story short, I used a DR-10 Tascam portable recorder. And my tip is never do something for the first time that's real. And so what I did is I'd use this particular recorder to record things at conferences that are, well, mm -hmm, yeah, indoors. And so here I was doing interviews outside in the bright sun. And to make a long story short, did I test doing a interview out in the bright sun? Nope. And what did I find out when it was time to do a real interview? I couldn't see squat. I couldn't tell if it was recording, couldn't tell if the recording levels were right. So I basically went to the restroom so I could see this thing, set it to auto level, turned off some bass on it and hit record because I had a new battery in it and went to town and just left it on until I left. So my quick tip today is basically know your gear and make sure you're not using it for the first time in a situation that you've never been in. So if you're using something like Squadcast, don't make the first time you use Squadcast when you're doing a real interview. In my case, if I'm doing interviews outside, make sure I've done an interview outside before I do a real one. David Hooper is one of my favorite people. I've known him for quite some time. We have a lot in common. We both used to work in the music marketing area. And uh, he's really, at this point, just a media marketing expert. He's, He's based in Nashville. So anytime I'm in Nashville, I always try to touch base with Dave. He specializes in helping individuals and companies build audiences via broadcasting and podcasting. You can find him online at bigpodcast.com. And today we're talking about his book, 
101 podcast episode templates. It's available on Amazon, and I'll have a link to that and everything else that we talk about out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 838. Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, David. So this is the second of how many books are you going to have in, it looks like you have a series. When I go to your Amazon page, I saw the one, one, you know, big podcast. We've had you on about that show. That's a great book, by the way. And now you've got the second one. How many different books are you going to write about podcasting? There are three in this series. The next one is okay. coming out in a couple of months, but I've got the next nine laid <laughs> out. I'm good at starting, not necessarily finishing. So it may be a while, but yeah, it's uh, and, and, and how many totally, I don't know. I might give up, but maybe 12. So for the person that wants to write a book and they're just, for some reason, can't get themselves in front of a screen to start typing, obviously you don't have that problem. So what's the key? Whoa, no, I do. I do. Like I said, I'm good at starting. I'm great at outlining and I get excited about that stuff. But I think it's just a matter of, I've been through the process and I've finished it. So I know that it can be done if I stick with it. But the big podcast book you mentioned, that took four years to do. This one, 101 podcast episode templates, the latest was some stuff that actually started in that initial writing session of four and a half years. And it's been at this point, a couple of years since the big podcast book came out. So it takes a minute. It seems like it's very quick when I put it out and I'm promoting it. Everyone's like, oh, you know, that just uh, as easy as pouring a box of cereal. But there's a, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I've got a lot of half-finished drafts and a lot of... I, I don't know if you feel this way when you edit your own voice, Dave, but I feel this way when I edit my own writing and my own voice. Is you become hypercritical. So I spend a lot more time in front of the computer procrastinating and being hypercritical than I actually do probably writing. But as far as how to actually do it, I have to set a, a time schedule and I say, all right, I'm starting at 1230. I'm going to go to 330 and just kind of force it. And then is it a case that once you start, like you actually, it's 1230, you start typing. Is it a case that once you start going, it just kind of flows or do, is it something we have to really kind of fight to stay focused? That really depends. So at the very beginning, like I said, I'm better at starting than finishing. And there's the sticky middle, of course. So I'm really good at the very beginning where the ideas are fresh and I'm getting them out there and getting them on paper. But once you start the editing process, that's where I think the good books are made great. And I learned this from songwriters here in Nashville. They say a good song is written, great songs are rewritten. And I think that can take as much time. I, I see these uh, pulp fiction writers and they'll be like, I wrote a million words this year, or I wrote a million words this month, some of them. And I was like, I'm, I just want 50,000 good words, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it just takes a while. I think it's a lot like podcast production though. It's very easy. And you'll see this happen all the time. Podcasters, they want to do what I call a ramble cast where they talk about, I podcast every day and I podcast 30 hours of content this month or whatever. But I don't know what school of podcasting takes if you've ever scheduled that, but it's a show. Let's say school of podcasting is 45 minutes, an hour each episode. And I would imagine you've got eight or 10 times that in booking and editing and prep. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's the same thing, you know? I always say the best I've ever done ever was a four to one ratio. So if it's a half right. hour show, it took me two hours, but that's the best. The The more normal is somewhere in some cases around 10 Depends on what's going on in my life. I, a lot of times I stretch out stuff because it's, I just don't have a huge deadline or things like that. But it does. It takes a, a lot of time and 
a lot of effort and focus and things like that. I love the ramble cast because I've, I've heard people <laughs> myself like, I've been doing a weekly show for three years. And I'm like, I've been playing the guitar since I was 12. Right. I don't have a Grammy. It's it's not the <laughs> the length of time that makes right. it good. You, you see that in everything. I saw that in songwriters, though. I've written 1,500 songs. Okay, great. Uh, just give me yeah. one good one. That's all I need. And, and I know people <laughs> that have made a career off of one good song. I know people have made a career off yeah. of one good book and changed a lot more people's lives with one good book. And at this point in my career, so I've been doing this self-employment thing for 25 years or so. I, I'm really to the point where you know what it is? You probably experienced this in podcasting. I think something podcasters can relate to that, you know, when you know, you know, and you realize how bad those initial edits were and those initial recordings were, you didn't at the time, but now you do. So things just take a little bit longer. Even if you are faster, you, you know, when you know better, you do better, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I uh, needed to make a video last night and I needed to submit stuff to Apple and stuff. So I took an old podcast that was dead that happened to be my very first one called The Marketing Musician and yeah. resubmitted it to Apple so I could make a video of it. And I was listening to those episodes from, you know, in this case, seven years ago is when I killed that show. And I was just like, oh, this is brutal. So, yeah, you know. Wait, seven you years ago? You, so you, you did it for like, like. I did it from 2005 to 2015. Oh, okay. So for the record, that's the podcast that got me into podcasting. And that's worth saying because it doesn't have to be perfect to make an impact on people. I heard you and I was going in to do music business radio and it was a broadcast radio show and I kind of needed the ace in my pocket. They were just hammering me with questions. I go, well, you know, we could put it on the internet because <laughs> I knew what you were doing, right? Yeah. But I think at, at this point though, you wouldn't be satisfied. And, and I think that podcasting too has moved on and that we all expect better. It's easier to connect like we are right now via Squadcast. We didn't have that back in the day. To have a guest no. was like a real, you know, you had to make your own stuff, right? Yeah. Hook a, hook a phone up to it. And so I think people are expecting more. And you also have these kids that grew up around it. And they're adults now. The other things I, were, I was listening to was the end of it. So at the end, I was just burnt out and fried and said everything there was to say. And that's where really your book could have come in handy uh, 101 podcast episode <laughs> templates because I was just running out of, I was just bored doing the same stuff. And on the back of the book, it says, you know, you can keep doing what you're doing and continue to be ignored or two, you can make a few simple changes to your existing podcasts and create episodes designed to grow your audience. And for me, I love the book because it's a cool way, if you're a solo podcaster, to kind of brainstorm with yourself because you can go yeah. through it. In fact, I, I was listening to the audio book and at the front of the audio book, you're like, look, I'm not trying to get another book sale but you might want to grab the physical version of this because it's it's one that you're going to – you want to get a book and then you want to get a, a stack of uh, yellow sticky notes. And the ones that you go, ooh, I might try that, put a sticky note on it and come back to it. It's, it's a great book, but I can see it more like a reference book and something yeah. that for me, at least when I read it, it was like, oh, you know what? I could do that. And a lot of times it's not, ooh, I'm going to do exactly what you said in the book. It's like, ooh, that's cool. But what if I did this and combined, you know, number 86 with number 42? Right. And and so it's a cool brainstorming book. So Yeah, it's a tool. Uh, I, and that, that's why I'm, I'm glad to be on here today because you and I can, we'll haggle some of them out here in a minute and, and bounce yeah. things off each other and come up with some great ideas. And, and that's what it is. It's about being a better host. You mentioned doing the ramble cast at the very beginning of podcasting that was very popular around 2005. That 
really fueled a whole generation of podcasters to be solo podcasters and be great solo podcasters, but you had to get through that. And these templates also work for something like that. If you're a interview podcaster and you like, ah, you know, I want to better my hosting skills, but I'm not quite sure. It gives you a framework that you don't have to think about. Just go in and do it, record it. You don't have to even release it. But just going through the process is going to make your interview shows better. And if a guest doesn't show up, you'll hopefully have the skills where you can do that solo podcast. Yeah, fire up the mic and uh, let her rip. And and so that's, to me, every time I, I flip it open, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be uh, either A, I've never done that, or B, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah. And so it's a cool way to go, oh, yeah, you know what, that would be different. And when you keep it different. You know, on one hand, you don't want to completely change all of your show, but when you throw in little, you know, hey, I'm going to have a Sunday this time and I'm going to throw sprinkles on it. I haven't had sprinkles in a while. <laughs> it it doesn't change your show completely, but it stops it from being boring because anytime you do the same thing over and over and over and over, eventually you'll be like, ah, yeah, it's a, kind of the same thing. And Or you can you, have different segments that you throw in. So let's say yep. you picked five of these templates and you don't want to change your whole show up. You could rotate segments like you've got a question of the month dave that's a segment and the other three four weeks out of the month you could have different segments you know where every first monday is something second monday something you know and yeah yeah, there are different things that you can do and i think that's the thing that keeps people interesting interested i I learned this from my dog trainer i had a new dog we always adopt and i i guess he'd been astray or something he was not uh wanting to conform with the rules of the city he was out in the country right and said, what are we going to do with this dog? And I took him to the dog trainer and she was explaining the concept of keeping the dog interested in the training. Like if you do the same thing every time, he's going to get bored. And I thought about that with my podcast. It just ding, 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 ding. Okay, well, if you do the same podcast every time, your listeners are going to get bored. And we've seen this when people fast forward through introductions, especially recorded introductions. They're starting yeah. the podcast on 30, 60 seconds in. I don't want to hear that. I've already heard it. Uh, same thing with your podcast. So this is a way for you to change up your podcast. And you've got almost like a comic where the listener is a bit on edge. You don't know where that host is going to go. And then you give them a redirect. And these things work as segments to do that. Absolutely. Keep them a little bit off balance, but not so much to uh, to knock them down. So uh, right. hit, me with, hit me with one of your, uh, I, I know you picked a couple ideas here. Let's uh, yeah. let's. Let's go ahead and, and check these out. Well, to take it back to what I was saying about dog training, I had an interesting experience when I was in WRLT, which is where I produced the broadcast show. And I went into that situation as, you know, I'd had a little bit of radio experience, but I wasn't really a confident host. I was in there one day and I remember I had a cold or something. I was like, my voice is weird. And the program director came up to me. And I was really intimidated by this guy because I listened to him growing up. He was a radio guy. He had one of those voices like, tune it in and rock, rock the knob <laughs> off or whatever, whatever they used to say, lock, lock it in and rip the knob off. That's what, so he had one of those voices. <laughs> and he said, hey, I'd like to get you in, in the studio here with me if you, if you don't mind. I'd like to get you doing some, some liners. And a liner would be like, hi, it's David and you're listening to Lightning 100, something like that. And I said, what do you want me for? (laughs) You know, and I I got a cold. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. And I think it's an important lesson, much like the dog training, but it applies to your podcast listeners. He said, it's good for us to have different voices on the station. That keeps things interesting. And one of the ways that you can do that, I've I've got 101 templates in this book, by the way. And this is number four. It's called listener voicemail, which is what you do with the question of the month. 
And I know in the question of the month, you have it's a perfect example of this. You've got people who will write in their answers and you said, please call in. It's good to have your voice on tape. Yeah. And I want to go into these as we talk about, I want to talk about why they, they work because nobody listening to this podcast hasn't heard what you're doing with the question of the month. But the reason that works is it, it lets you know there are other listeners listening. It makes you feel part of a group. It lets you hear different voices, not just Dave Jackson's voice. So a simple listener voicemail thing, you know, I didn't invent it. Dave's been doing it for years, but I do explain why it works. And if you know why it works, you're more likely to implement that. So let's talk about how you do it, Dave. You do speak pipe to get the voices. I've used a number. I've used speed pipe. I've used pot in box. Right now I'm playing with a thing called Rumble Studio. Yeah. But they all do the same thing. They make it easy to either upload a file or record it right there on your phone or your PC. All right. So let's talk about Rumble Studio for a minute because one of the things they do, and you can do this with any voice form, is they have a QR code. And this is the best way I've found to get remote content from your audience. You really want them talking into their phone. You don't want them talking into a desktop speaker unless they've right. got a microphone like all of Dave's people do because they're all podcasters. But your listeners don't normally have that. iPhone doesn't sound bad, though. If you can do a QR code that takes you straight to something like Pod Inbox to where they can submit a question or an answer, takes them straight to something like Rumblecast, takes them straight to something like VoiceForm, it sounds amazing. And it's a super easy way to get people going. They just talk into their phone like they normally would. Boop, hit the screen, and it submits to you. And there you go. You know, or you can have a phone. Dave used to have an eight hundred number. Call eight eight eight. You know, still, still probably remember the number eight 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 five six three three two two eight. Yeah, still going, still there. Yeah, because you yeah. never. I I get a call at this point, maybe two or three a year, but it costs me I think three bucks a month. So it's not a huge expense, courtesy of podcastvoicemail.com. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that can be an easy way. And that's something to consider if your audience is older. Yeah. And by older, I mean older than me. I'm turning 50 this year. But uh, the younger audience, they're probably going to, they're already attached to their phone now anyway. And their right. microphone is two feet away from them. But yeah, I mean, listener voicemail, I think is amazing. And you can use it in any number. You can have listener rants. You can have a request and dedication. It depends on whatever you're your podcast is about, but like Dave, I love, I love how you do it. I love the cause of my podcast stories. I love the question of the month. And, and that gets people in too, because you actually ask people to submit the question of the month. You, you don't even have, you don't have to come up with it anymore. Well, that was a case where again, kind of like, okay, I need something different. And I just, I, I was just in a mindset of like, I don't know what to ask. And I'm like, yeah. I'll tell you what, let's, let's switch this around. And I, one of the questions of the month was, what do you want to you hear for the question of the month? They said, and I'll mention your show every week. So for four weeks in a row, we're going to, right now we're talking about uh, walk, uh, walk is com, and, and Dave sent in the question and he's like, he, he told me this week, he's like, Hey, I'm seeing a bump in numbers. And I'm like, well, I told you, like, I'm going to be promoting your show. So anytime <laughs> right. I can help my audience, I always try to, to do that stuff. And that, I think the other thing is people might be more willing to share a show that they're in. Oh, dude, 100%. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yes, yes, yes. It's like being in the paper and it, we take it for granted because we're podcasters. But if somebody's never had anybody acknowledge them, uh, especially if you're a fan of the show, how cool would that be of 
a podcaster that you're a real fan of to mention you. I love, I, I heard myself on Pod News this week. You know, Pod, Pod News with yeah. James, James Cridlin. He's James got Cridlin, the accent yeah. and everything. A book by David Hooper is available. I was like, oh, I'm going to make a social media clip out of that. And then I'm sending people to Pod News and they'll do the same with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get giddy anytime I hear my name on anybody's show. You know, they'd be like, I'm blah, 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 or somebody. And, you know, Dave Jackson, I'm like, oh, they said yeah. my name. So yeah. Dave yeah. Jackson's in this audio book by the way, guys. <laughs> I uh, heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I tell the story and I did. about, I got about giddy. that I was, meeting. Yeah. I, I was out walking around the neighborhood and I was like, oh my gosh, David Hooper said my name. <laughs> yeah. You just hope that it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. No, it, it is funny. It never gets old. I remember the first time I was mentioned in the liner notes of a CD and I, a band called Floyd's Ordeal. And I was like, oh, wow, I still remember them. This is 25 years ago. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is great. And I really, I, knowing that, having experienced that, I tried to do that with my podcast all the time. Shout out listeners, shout out people. This is one of the ways to get more reviews. If you're interested in that, just highlight the good reviews. Well, and people love to hear people talk about themselves, especially when those people are podcasters. So uh, yeah, listener voicemail is a way to jump into that. There, there are a million reasons why this works. I'm glad we're talking about that because sometimes people, and I say this at the very end of the book, I said, you've now read a book full of pickup lines and, and I mean, they, they work, but you need to know why they work. And once you understand the concepts, that's what's going to make you a better marketer. Because honestly, 101 episode templates, I, I tell this to people like, oh, that's, I saw a blog post that did that. It's like, yeah. yeah. I get it, but that's the great thing about being in this space for so long. You know, this Dave, like we talked about, when you know better, you do better. And we can have this at a really minute level as far as understanding and, and share that. And I think small hinges swing big doors. And once you understand it, then you're good. You can move it any genre that you're in, co-hosted, interview, documentary, any of that. Bring those people in. It's an amazing thing to help you grow your podcast because that's what this is in service of. And I want to throw in one more point, and then we'll go on to. Uh your your next uh, template here. I think one of the reasons why what I'm doing is working is I'm telling them exactly, I'm not saying, what are your thoughts on this episode? I'm saying, here's the question of the month. Here's how I need you to answer it. Like it's specific, you know, tell me yeah. because of my podcast blank, fill in the blank there. It's not, Hey, did something cool happen? It's like, Nope. I'm, I mean, yeah. cause sometimes people don't know. And so if they're the least bit confused then they're not going to answer. So I think that's another reason why I've yeah, had limitations it. help. People think that limitations hurt. Like, oh, I just, I just want to be open. No limitations help. And you don't want to have grandpa Simpson coming in there and back in my day <laughs> and it started in here, you know, and at this point with the digital recording, you could have a literal 10 minute audience submitted tape. So it's much better to be specific. And you're real specific about it too, Dave. You said, mention your name, say your podcast, get yeah. to the point. <laughs> All right. Throw me another template. This is a risk, but that's kind of what podcasting is about. Number five in the book, I'm gonna combine this with number eight. Uh, number five is criticize something. Mm. Number eight is a weird viewpoint. And the reason I put those together for the sake of this conversation is as a host, your listeners want to know who you are and what you stand for. And I believe firmly in planting a flag and saying, I like this. I don't like this. Now you can do it in a skillful way and you need to be skillful about this. Don't be just that guy who's like, back in my day, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you always talk about, like when you just complain, the curmudgeonly old guy. 
And believe me, I'm fighting that every day. It's easy to turn into a curmudgeon, especially when you've got a microphone in front of you. But if you can criticize something, if everybody's zigging and you zag, for example, say everybody loves TikTok. And if I were to come out and say, no, wait a minute, no, that's, you need to be, if you want to be better at, at podcasting, you need to podcast. You don't need to be spending your time on a 30 minute dancing clip, lip syncing something on TikTok. I mean, there's some advantages of it, but really it's going to be more advantageous for you to podcast. So criticizing something, uh, what do you feel about that? Like where, I'm curious, let's go into the mindset of Dave Jackson. I don't know if it's a new piece of gear, a trend. How do you balance being honest and having that opinion without being the curmudgeonly old man? Yeah, what I try to do is exactly what you just said. I try to get you inside my head. So if I don't, like when the Roadcaster 2 came out, the very first version of it, they've now solved this issue. But I was like, look, I'm a coach and I'm making training videos. There are times when I need to have the sound of my computer go into the video and you've turned on this permanent mix minus thing. I need right. the ability to turn that off. So I criticized it, but I explained why. So if I do the the podcast rodeo show and I'm listening to a show about finance and you spend nine minutes talking about how you're sad because it's your 28th birthday, number one, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that you were having a bad birthday, but I will explain that here's why I'm disappointed. I turned in to hear about financial stuff and I'm not right. getting any. So I try to explain the why. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's, let's dive into that a little bit because when you criticize something, if you like everything, you know, those people who just never have a bad thing to say about anything. There's something right. about you that says, yeah, you know, most people, they're critical of something. And, and you talking about somebody not getting to the point, this, the result is the same. When you get to the point, when you do what you say you're going to do, and when you come over, we always use this word in podcasting, transparent and authentic, which is silly because anytime the mic is on, we're not really transparent. We're into that mode, you know, but you criticizing something lets people know that you're real and that you're thinking just like them. You're not perfect. And it makes people trust you because of that. It's almost like a one-star review on a book or a three-star review on a book. If you have all five stars, people think, eh, you know, it's just, that's not real life. But when you see one three-star or five three-stars, half the three-stars maybe, and then half the five stars, and maybe it makes it a four-star, that seems a little bit more relatable because nothing is for everybody. And that's something you can do that I mean, that's the positive of it. It's going to make your audience trust you a bit more. Just people get into what they call failure porn. I talk about this in the book. And, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that can make people connect to you. But when you make your failures or your criticisms the entire show, that's when right. it becomes a problem. And I've definitely seen this in the music industry where we'll have somebody who's found Jesus after 50 years of cocaine and hookers. And they, in one way, glorify the the past, but then it's like, no, 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 that's not for you. That was great, believe me, it was great. But that's that, you know, it's like it, it's like, all right, let's let's move on to the future. So you got to watch that uh, being too critical or being too caught up in the past and, and your failure because you've talked about this stuff, Dave. You've had you know relationship podcasts and things. You know how it is that sometimes people are going to. They just want to hear the dirt on the relationship, not the relationship moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And that and that can be, you know, that can be a problem. You just got to watch it a little bit, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah. But for the record, I hate Lou Reed. I don't get Lou Reed. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you like Lou Reed. 
I don't get it. So. Take a walk on a wild side, Dave. <laughs> That's it. Other than that, forget it. <laughs> I watched the documentary. I'm like, oh, he's a junkie. That's why he's awful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he's wait, waiting for the pusher man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, I think that's one of those things. I, I think it's, it's good to be honest about that. Everybody, it's like modern art or something like, oh, well, I just love art. But no, not everybody does. So go ahead and say it because somebody's thinking it. Well, and it might be exactly. Everybody else is probably thinking it. And if somebody leaves because of something you said, that means the people that stick around are your people. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. So so let's talk about that. Is the middle-aged white guy and a middle-aged white guy. Planting the flag. What I, I'm definitely not saying that you're trying to be divisive. Right. I'm not saying that you are trying to be exclusionary in a way that would take somebody who is from a different demographic or has a different pronoun than you do or religion, whatever. But people want something that's just for them. And I think that's what criticizing, so, you know, we all want to feel like we're, we're a part of something. And I think with podcasting, it's not like podcasts are limited to just what we do. Right. I think when we can have something that's just for us, we're going to come to it. So it's more of a, a, a carrot than a stick, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Next up, what do we got? One of the ones that I think can really help you as far as a podcast host to become connected to your audience, because people do want to know all about you. You throw in those little things in your, your talk. Dave, you were a musician at one time. You play guitar. People know things about you. People know things maybe about family's names. If I said, what's Eminem's wife's name or ex-wife or baby mama, whatever, Kim. People say, oh, Kim. They, they, they know her. They feel like they know you because of that. And one of the great things that you can do, I've got this in the, the template book. I call it a day in the life. People want to know the behind the scenes of your life. So really the concept is bringing anybody or anything into your world that will help explain who you are as a person. And it could be a one-off sentence. It could be, hey, you know, I, I study music too, Dave, and I, I also play guitar. Okay, cool. You know, and then all the guitarists are going to perk up. Hey, what kind of guitar you got? What, what kind of stuff did you play? And you feel more connected to a host because of that. So it's not only a segment. It's not only an episode. It could be just a sentence or two. You can throw those little things in there. Not make it about yourself where it derails the interview, but just throw those things in there. I'm from Nashville. Oh, are you? Because you know how that is, Dave. If I were to say I'm from Akron, Ohio. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, hey, man, did you, did your dad work at the plant? Or whatever's it going on in Akron. <laughs> is, that, is that close? Uh, back in the seventies, maybe stereotypical. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> at this point, we're just, it's all LeBron James and Devo at this point. So, <laughs> well, right, right. But, you, but, you know, it, I used to live in Ohio and it's a funny thing. I don't know if this ever happens to you. Tell somebody from your Ohio, they'll go, Oh, H. That's it. I you know, baby. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a saying. And, <laughs> and that's the way that we connect to people. And I think having a day in the life gets people more connected to you because they, one, they're curious about your business and what you do, but also just like little things. Like, how is it that Dave does what he does? How did he get into where he's so smooth on the mic? What is, you know, people want to know about you. And it's not always what you're talking about on episodes as far as the topic. But with that said, Dave, to take it back to the, hey, it's my 27th birthday. I'm a little bit sad. It, a little goes a long way. Yeah. This is not your therapy, unless you're doing a therapy podcast. Right. Absolutely. I always like to, if there's something going on, if you can make it relatable to whatever you're talking about. So like 
when Muhammad Ali died, I did an episode about like, here's 10 things you can learn from Muhammad Ali. But I started off saying like, this guy was the champ through my entire childhood. And I'm like, but here's a guy that was constantly promoting. He was unique. He was talented and blah, blah, blah. So I was still talking podcasting, but I was also talking about my love of Muhammad Ali. So that was a way to kind of. It humanizes you, right? Yeah. You see Dave as a little kid and uh, yeah, it's like evil Knievel was that way for me. Like we all had our. (laughs) heroes when we were growing up do you have the toy day if we were i did that? have the toy dude listen <laughs> let me tell you in my office i have the ad from the comic book framed because yeah. everybody had that toy and you know what i'm talking about that's the rapport that i'm talking about like we uh you know you're up in ohio and i'm down here in tennessee but we can still connect on stuff you know <laughs> all right last one i think this is fantastic for mostly any podcast, all these are not going to work for every podcast, but they can be modified. And number 19 in this book is blank with only $100. Mm. And I came up with this when I was asked to moderate a panel and I go, I don't know what I'm going to, what I'm going to do. I got five guys. I don't know anything about them. Nobody had really prepped. We couldn't find the green room. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this panel going down the line. If you had to do what we're talking about, which at the time was music promotion with only hundred dollars, where'd you spend that? And that's a good question, question of the month for your voicemail. It's something that you can talk about. I could say, Dave, how would you record a podcast for only $100? Dave, what kind of mic would you buy for only $100? I mean, there's a million ways that you can slice this. And I think it's, you know, it's fun. And then you could do the next one, uh, $500 or $1,000 or, you know, to change the numbers up, how would you buy a, a race car for only $5,000? But all this stuff is not in stone. It's made to be... Uh, it's malleable just like your podcast and you hopefully. Well, yeah. And it gets you, you have to think about it maybe with inflation, $125. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was last week. Now it's, <laughs> uh, but no, that's cool. And then, you know, there are those people that, especially like you said, and then do another episode. Okay. Now I got 500 bucks. Right. And now you're addressing uh, a slightly the same audience, but maybe a different slightly, you know, people with a little more budget, and so they're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, or you might have somebody who, who was the $100 budget. And now two years later, they got a little more budget than your 100%. So. And that's, that's why that stuff works. Cause your audience, they're growing with you. And if you're doing any kind of non fiction business podcast, like we're doing where you're helping people to do something, they're going to get better. And, and you know, this Dave, you start out with the ATR 2100 for 60 bucks. And then next thing you know, you've got $8,000 worth of microphones that you're talking into, it creeps up on you. So you can help people with that creep and not end up with 800, but maybe, you know, cap it at 500 and still get the same result that they want. So it's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, just speaking on that topic, just to kind of riff on it, I did a weird thing where I'm in the process of updating videos on the school of podcasting and I found an old one and it was from probably eight years ago and I was using an ATR 2100. I'm under flood, uh, fluorescent lights. Fluorescent lights. <laughs> I've got no backdrop. And it was weird because I stopped the video and then faded in where I am now, where I've got the cool blue lights and a backdrop and right. everything else. And sometimes yep. you forget how far you've come. So if you're uh, a podcaster and you've been doing it a while, I mean, Dave, think back to you when you started on, you know, WR, is it WRLT, right? It is. Yep. I just remember it's 100. So, if you think about your first broadcast to where you are now, it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's it sucked, and I talk about that actually in the audiobook. It's got a bonus. I, I brought in a guy that I knew could talk, so if I asked one question, he could go for 
12 minutes without me doing much. And it should suck. You should go back on your previous work and be like, I wouldn't release it now, but also realize like we talked about, this is a nice wrap up that like those first podcasts, Dave, you were really the first guy that I knew personally that got into podcasting and maybe the very first podcast that I listened to. I, I don't remember, but it was super helpful for me and it changed my life. And I think that we've got to realize that to make a big change, you don't have to reach a million people or even a hundred. You could do it with 10 or five or even one. There's a ripple effect. It's not about affecting a billion people. It's it's about in, somehow affecting the right people. Right. Is really what you're looking for. Right. So. Yeah. You got the right message for the right audience. And that is not everybody. That's where I think people get caught up. And that's one of the good things about these templates. You use it as a tool. It allows you to go in and be specific, uh, super niche and be really specific. So it's, um, you know, it's fun to get around and mess around. You might find something that you like and it works for segments, not just episodes. Because a lot of people don't like to change what they're doing. Right. Like, oh, no, I got my format. Okay, cool. If, and look, if it's working for you, great. But if you want to fool around, sometimes you can end up with something better. Yeah. Kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning by if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, either you or your audience might get a little bored. And these are fun ways to inject some life into your podcast and, and stop it from being boring and keep you going and add some longevity to the show because you're not bored. And uh, it's a yeah, super yeah. easy read. So. To take it back to a music, a music story, you think about ACDC, they still make albums and arguably they make the same album every single time. <laughs> the hardcore fans are going to go get that new album. It's good. But even the hardcore fans are still going to go back to the classics from the seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And that's, that's really what this is about. I mean, you can, you can do the same thing and keep your fan base out, but if you want to expand, you do need to to branch out. But at the same time, branch out you hit it perfectly dave and when you said it needs to be similar but a little bit different don't completely knock them off their feet right the book again 100 podcast episode templates from david hooper dave where's the best place to go pick this up the best place amazon.com you can get it on kindle you can get it on paperback and if you're an audiobook listener and you're a podcaster so that's a good one i've put some bonus content on the audible version of this it talks about the story of me getting on broadcast radio. It talks about how to pitch radio. And I've got a third bonus section there called my great guest philosophy, talking about how I pitch people on Twitter and how I pitch people in general, basically building a show to where people want to be on it. And we talk about the psychology of that. It's not just trip, tick. it's not just, this is the tongue twister. You can leave this in because I make mistakes too. It's not just tips and tricks, but it's really the psychology so you can understand this and forget the 101. I want you to come up with a thousand and one ways to do it. And that's an option. So if you like the audiobook, the way I'm working it, Dave mentioned this, just email me if you get the audiobook and I'll send you the digital copy of the print version so you can mark it up and write it up. I'm not trying to sell you two of them, but the audiobook may be an option for you if you like that. All right, Mr. Hooper, thank you so much for coming on. I deeply appreciate it. Always great to uh, touch base with you. Dude, it's the best. It's the best. And I'm going to remix this show too, Dave. Oh, but wait. <laughs> That's right. We've got a bonus template. And so this is called the sidecar. And this is probably the most meta thing I've ever done. Dave did a sidecar on his show. Now, what's a sidecar? It's where you play a clip from something and then you comment on whatever the clip is. So I'm now commenting on the clip of David playing a clip of the School of Podcasting last week's episode with Doc G. 
often I'll get audience members too who say, I'd really like to come on the show because of this. Then Dave comes in and he gets to the problem with this question. How do you politely tell them, no, thank you? Doc G's got an answer to that question. Here's his solution. Usually my answer to them is, your story is interesting and boy, you've done some really cool things. My issue is that the pressure really in creating a podcast is that at some point you need to start focusing on what's really unique about someone's story. In the personal finance space, we get tons of people say, I paid off $40,000 of debt and then I started a side hustle and now I have six figures in the bank. When you first start, that's really interesting. When you've been doing this for a few hundred episodes, it's interesting, but it's not unique. As I heard that, I thought, I've got to do a sidecar episode on that. It was one of those things I thought, man, that is a really good way to do it. And as I'm thinking that, the tape's playing, Dave jumped in. Here's what he said. Do yourself a favor, hit the back button one time because that was gold. So me and Dave, we're on the same page. Then the story continues. All right, this is future Dave or present Dave. I'm, I'm, it's, we're lost in the matrix. I don't know what pill I took, red, blue, green. But the bottom line is, if you think about it, Dave's audience, David Hooper, they want to hear David Hooper's take on this. And that's exactly what he gives them. That's where you jump in with your commentary. As far as what Doc G is saying, I'm going to break that down into three parts. Oh, and that's right. I'm going to cut it right there. That's called a tease. And if you want to hear that, go over to bigpodcast.com. I'll put a link right to that episode in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 838. But uh, I really do like the book. I pretty much like every book David Hooper's ever written that I've read. And that's why I like hanging out with the guy. As an author, I do want to put this out there too. If you do get Dave's book, do him a favor and leave a review. That does help on amazon.com. Next week, I've got an interview with Steve Stewart and Mark Deal of the Podcast Editor Club. And they've also, they're running a kind of podcast industry workshop the first day of podcast movement. I'll put a link to that out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 838. If I was not working at Libsyn, I would be attending that. It's a great way to really, boy, you talk about super hyper-focused networking with the people that you really want to network at. That is something that I'm like, mm, I kind of wish I was going to that. I brought them on because I've had a few people say, I'm thinking of getting into podcast editing and I just wanted to get into like, what are the common mistakes or the myths and things like that? When you think about, I might start editing other people's podcasts. And here's a clip from that episode. They come in the podcast editing thing. Oh, this is great. People can make money editing. And it's true. You can, but it's hard work just like anything else. And of course, to get that episode along with the 800 plus episodes that are in the back catalog, it's absolutely free. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. And I've got links there for Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. It's all there. Everything really you need is at schoolofpodcasting.com. Don't forget, if you want to sign up, use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. When you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you like what you hear, then go tell somebody. If you like what you hear, then go tell somebody.
going out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash something, 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 837. You can use a coupon code. It's SOP free is not the right code. That's your Libsyn code, you idiot. And so if you're bored and you change your show too much, then the audience is going to get whiplash and there has to be a quicker way to say this, Dave. Get to the point.